one. Spags, today I do what I do every day and draft a team that the chat likes way more than you on Underdog Fantasy. Some would argue that's unfair based on our most recent results on Friday, but Pete and I are back in an underdog draft. Superflex City is where we're going to be called the Big Board Superflex on Underdog. So today, Pete, we're competing for $100,000 up top, and we have bravely decided to keep doing head-to-heads on this channel because I think we invented this, Pete. I have not seen anybody else doing a head-to-head, though. I do need to pull up the official branding so people know yeah. this is, in fact, a versus show, head-to-head, mano-a-mano. Uh, sorry to, you know, not be all enthusiastic, but you drew the 101 while I have the 110. I, it is impossible for me to get a draft slot in the top six in these godforsaken contests. Do you think this is revenge for all of your 101s before? Is it just the luck running out again? Is it the algorithm that they've changed and they said, no Pete's allowed to have the 101. Yeah. I mean, I angered someone. Uh, I don't know how this happened. Uh, but yes, I have fallen out of favor. I am no longer a premier influencer worthy of one ones. And I just now need to shout the same talking point that's from the mountaintop over and over. I'm looking at my drafts. Every single one of my drafts is labeled punk QB, punk QB, punk QB. <laughs> See, I don't mind drafting at the back half of rounds because sometimes you get a draft like Pete had uh, a couple weeks ago when we did a head-to-head where he got Justin Jefferson, had some nice players, didn't take the early QB. But I'm in the 101 here, and I have to take an early QB. So I usually take Jalen Hurts in the one spot, but today it'll be a Josh Allen day. Everybody applaud me for my courage taking the consensus 101 in the Superflex. You, I mean, because we haven't had any early draft picks, we haven't even gotten to have this conversation yet. I might be Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen, but do you? Th- I assume you think it's close. I prefer Jalen Hurts as well. I think there's a little more upside there with the rushing, and I, it's tough because I think the Allen dig stacks never being there for you put me a little bit more towards Hurts in general because at least you have a shot to maybe get A.J. Brown, at least get Devonta Smith a little bit later on. Um, but I think I prefer Hurts, but the public always has Allen above him, and I, I guess like that's just the consensus, and we might be we might be the minority on that one. Yeah, I think we might be the minority on it. I guess the other thing, too, is thinking through. And again, because I haven't had any of these draft slots, I don't even know. But I'm trying to think it's probably a little easier to stack up Josh Allen than than it is Hurts just because the Eagles pieces are a little bit more premium. And like you go late through the draft, you can get the Dawson Knox, you can get the Deontay Hardys, the Khalil Shakurs, all very cheap. So it does like open you up a little bit more for late stacks, I think. So I will say, so you're picking here. I'm curious what you're going to do. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to take a QB, but if you do take a receiver, sometimes you get those nice pairings. Uh, so what is going to be the move here, Pete? Well, I, I did the Trevor Lawrence thing last, the other day on Splash Play. I did it on Best Ball Breakfast and I'm just bored with it. Um, so I'm going to take CMC uh, to wow. start here and then we'll see what comes back. Your running backs do have a little more value in this draft. So if Pete is not streaming yellow like he normally does drafting receivers, it does make a little more sense in this format. Um, and Love Star is already here, Pete, saying, I choose Spags' team. So I guess the, the vote's over. I've already won this week. That is really the only way you can win is if the the polling comes in on Josh Allen versus CMC round one. Then, yes, I, I get, I'll give you a slight lead right now. Uh, Paul asking for everybody who's new uh, or if they haven't watched all the episodes, we are, in fact, currently – Two, one, and one based on the popular vote. Uh, The last show on Friday was ruled a draw, though I felt like I got a little more votes later on. Either way, though, Pete has won two, I have won one, and we have drawed once according to the public vote. And at the end of the stream, you'll get a chance to vote and tell us how how shit our teams are as Pete picks once again. Screw all you guys. Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup. (laughs) Oh, so you're going exclusively with guys who could maybe you could play in like a lifetime movie about them. 
Oh, wow. That might be one of your best jokes. Uh, also for the quickness there, it even took me a half second to see where you were going with that. Uh, well done, Spags. If you uh, feel free to clip that, throw it on social, I'll retweet. <laughs> Clipping things. That's so 2022. <laughs> Spags, I noticed you go through like phases of where you direct like your effort. Like right now you're in a, like a thumbnail YouTube optimization phase. Last year you were in a bit more of a clip clip phase. Um, you know, it goes in waves with you. It's tough because like, I do think we have a lot of great clips. I, you know, I want people to see those little moments. It's just like the little moments add up enough. If you're only doing one a week, I don't know. And we don't, we don't pay anybody to do stuff now. So I think we need people to help us out with that stuff some point. But I think once I have to get probably off the ground officially, Pete, I'll be back and like, Oh, we got to get everything out there. Now, now my money's on the line kind of mode. Yeah. Th that's, that's what the people really want to see. Kind of the desperation in your voice as you scramble to, uh, to stay afloat. So I'm, I'm going to take some some flowers from Tyler saying, no, this is actually kind of an insult. Spags is the best witness entire career. I have created a lot of hours of content. <laughs> this fact, it was a very good joke and it was with the speed with which you did it. Normally I feel like you, you stumble and wind up for that joke a little bit more. And then it's like, all right, buddy, but you got that out quick on your feet. It took me off guard. Uh, a plus. I mean, mm -hmm. I got to call a spade a spade when, when it happens. I accept that. And now it seems like I am doing the opposite of what I would do in a normal draft. I am, in fact, going to take a running back here. Of course, not the very overrated Saquon Barkley. I'll take Bijan Robinson. And I guess I shouldn't leave without another QB. Huh? Don't uh, give in to big QB. Take Garrett Wilson, you coward. Mm, you know what? <laughs> Let's just screw up somebody else's Jared Goff. <laughs> take a Monroe St. Brown. Wow. This is, guys, I want you to remember this. Um, when you go to vote at the end of this stream, that the logic that Chris Spaggs used for his third round pick was let me screw over someone else's stack. That was the logic behind the pick. I want you all to remember that. Well, Pat Corain, of course, was, uh, I wrote up some good columns recently. I think the one I was reading was him talking about stacks and getting sniped on stacks and all of that. And he was saying on Twitter that there's like a meme going around out there of people like celebrating on Twitter when they snipe somebody else's stack. And I haven't seen that personally, but if that's the thing Pat's writing about, I presume it's happening enough times to now be like officially a thing. Oh, no, that's a I, Spags. I've gotten, I mean, I don't want to over exaggerate, but I've probably gotten like 10 or so DMs over the years of people being like, dude, just sniped you on that. Wasn't going to let you get uh, Mahomes with Kelsey. Like people get like such perverted joy from that. It doesn't <laughs> surprise me. I've never had anybody like brag about it to me or, or say they've done it deliberately. Like I'll do the one time on a stream, there was a guy who I was picking some, uh, some of his players. He picked some of mine. And then he admitted in the YouTube chat afterwards that he was in fact, a guy who was sniping me deliberately grumpy Simon for those who were playing along in the uh, previous <laughs> part of the NFL season. But I think for the most part, like on social media, I don't see people bragging about it. Cause I think like Pat wrote out pretty well. It's on legendary upside. Check out the read. I think it's a free article as well by Pat. Um, it definitely does hurt you more than it hurts the other person. And that's the thing that I think people sometimes don't get when they're, they're hopping in and feeling competitive in a draft room. Right. It is funny too, because one thing you'll see happen in these playoff contest drafts too, is, you know, this happened with the NFL is like, sometimes you go in self-preservation mode because someone's going so rogue that you're like, all right, I'm not going to be able to um, probably win the contest but I can at least try to advance out of first the first round and salvage my entry fee. So there's like a cost preservation element that you can do. But when you're reaching to blow up someone else's stacks, not only are you hurting them, you're hurting yourself. Like there's no, it, there's no win for anyone. <laughs> there's no way to salvage it. So I don't understand the thought process unless you are just getting tilt content snipe equity, which maybe they are. You know, I, I got sniped on Zay Jones on Monday and lost my mind. So, um, you know, it can happen. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. And uh, Willis actually pointed us out too. There was a stream, a DK draft I did where our pal Josh Frick sniped me on Drew Locke. And that team actually, to prove the point, um, I ended up taking Geno Smith instead. And that was one of my teams that made the DK finals or semifinals. I forget which. So it does, it does end up benefiting the person who gets sniped more than the person doing the sniping. Oh, well, here we are again. Do you know what? It's kind of weird. Hmm. Let's see here. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So who looks who looks like you that's left? You got Jared Goff there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving. You're going to have to come up with a new joke. Chris Olave, come on down. Uh, the resemblance is not too strong there. From what <laughs> uh, oh, boy. So LP uh, taking at the 11 slot here, taking three QBs in a row to start, which I did yesterday. I did uh, four out of my first five rounds. I think I did QBs. I was like, let's see what this looks like. It does feel interesting because you can still stack them up late. So I don't hate the move, but boy, is it uncomfortable in terms of the other skill position talent you're getting. Uh, yeah. And I did see Hawkberg has been doing, I think Chipsy's in the chat. He was asking me about this on my Monday stream about doing the Tyreek Tua thing. And I referenced that I keep seeing people doing that. And this is another data point of the 12 hole doing the Tyreek Hill Tua uh, double tap, which I don't think is bad. I just think it's a pretty popular start. Um, all right, so do we do we capitulate to big QB and stack up Chris Olave with Derek Carr, or do we take a far, far superior player in Devonta Smith? Devonta Smith would look pretty good with your team. I mean, your team that you're building in the Superflex would not look like a team you could build in any other draft. Yeah, screw big quarterback. I'm not, I just don't want to live in a world where Derek Carr is an optimal pick over Devonta Smith. Come on down, Devonta Smith. I saw, I think it was uh, Herzig tweeted out like a uh, Jefferson and Cooper Cup team. And you can get those teams sometimes. And I think he was getting some some plaudits from the the Twitter, uh, the Twitter gland handers. I don't know how to, how to phrase this. People who, who right. salute others. I take back show. everything I said about you having a nice quick-witted show. Um, I, he was, anyway, point being, he drafted those two guys and people were like, wow, what a sick draft. That's amazing. And it is kind of hard to tell what a sick draft is at this point for me. Like, I think yours is kind of a sick draft, but you're going to end up with like, I, I'm like Baker Mayfield. QB. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Sounds wonderful. Uh, I was hoping Jared Goff was going to fall to me. Yeah, no. So your hey God, your thought was I'm going to screw over the Jared Goff drafter, and that actually might be me. Was well, kind of where we're going on that. Well, I thought that because I said it out loud that maybe people were like, "Oh, I can't take a Monroe without Jared Goff," and maybe I'm just going <laughs> to let it ride. But but old Chipsy cannot avoid, of course. See, in BSP getting what happened to me on my second draft on Best Ball Breakfast on Monday where T. Higgins fell to me with Joe Burrow all the way at pick 45. Like, that's a pretty nice start there when you're getting the Burrow-Higgins stack. Yeah, Burrow-Brown. I mean, Cousins kind of doesn't make the most sense in there right now. But but yeah, it looks pretty good for him. And by the way, you've apparently already let one person down to the chat. Nate saying, Pete, please grab a QB in top four. You have now not done that. So uh, where, where are we going to land for you at QB? I can't wait well, to see. Well, the second... The second I saw that comment from Nate, it was a given that I absolutely was not going to take a quarterback in the top four. There's one thing I enjoy. It's a very adversarial, complicated relationship with the viewers. Oh, uh, and Chip's admitting here he took Goff just because he could not allow me to get him, which feels kind of like a snipe that we've just admitted to live on the stream. Yep. I think, you know, Chipsy, I, I used to consider him a sharp, but apparently he's just one of the sheep that's out here trying to get snipe equity. You know, wake up, sheeple. All right. I got the turn picks here. I am going to get my second QB, though, man. Oh, you scaredy cat. Well, I just want to make sure there's none left for you, really. <laughs> well, there's going to be there's going to be no more good wide receivers left for you. Um, I'm going to take. And you know what, Pete? Let's let's prove you're wrong 
Let's take two QB. Let's be a little QB. This is so no spags. This is legitimately bad. It is legitimately bad to use three of your first five picks on quarterback when you select Josh Allen. I think they're all luxuries at this point because I got Bijan is going to take one of my running back spots. I got Amon Ra is going to take one of my wide receiver spots. You only need two of each, Pete. So I can afford the luxury that is Josh Allen, Jordan Love, and Anthony no. Richardson coming together. Congratulations on your fifth round pick, never sniffing your starting lineup. Oh, he's going to sniff it. You think you think <laughs> Anthony Richardson can't sniff a super flex spot over Jordan Love? The point is one of them is going to not be in your starting lineup for the entire season. Yeah, no, that's fair, but I, I want the I want the upside. I want the upside. <laughs> well, the chat you you've done one thing, which is hand me a victory. It was you had a runaway lead to win this draft by selecting Josh Allen. And do you know what happened? You thought it would be funny to try to starve the beast at quarterback for me. And in doing so, you just did what we said all the people do online, which is snipe people. You're like, is that even a thing? God damn, it's a thing. And the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> I think here's how I would push back. One, it's pretty funny that you're going to have like no QBs. Two, <laughs> I think sometimes like I worry because we're doing these versus drafts where Pete and I go into a draft at the same time. I don't want to be accused of collusion, Pete. So the only way I could ensure we never get accused <laughs> of collusion is actively ruining your drafts when I can you are you are absolutely sick you're a sick twisted individual i love the qbs though i mean look my wide receiver is gonna be a little thin but great qbs and amonra is gonna have to carry a lot of the load on his back um a tale is old as time come on down trey lance <laughs> and for the record i'm not afraid of his hairline <laughs> that was immediately what i was going to ask that like that has to be a bad photo right like something's wrong with that photo <laughs> Uh, Chipsy knows me all too well. Pete will just take Trey Lance. <laughs> See, right when I thought I could win the chat back over after you fucking submarined your draft, I had to go back on my bullshit. I mean, it's nice that Trey Lance is at least working out with Patrick Mahomes, even if he's never going to be in that tier. <laughs> um, I God, everyone take wide receivers. I want Spags to end up with fucking Isaiah McKenzie as his wide receiver one. I think what I'll do is I'll get Alec Pierce, I'll get Terrace Marshall, I'll get all the gang of guys that I normally like to, to stuff into my lineups, and I'll feel perfectly good about it, much like you do, I'm sure, with Kenny Pickett as your second QB. Uh, yeah, it's a, my second QB is better than your second QB. we got to pull up the photo of Trey Lance, by the way, real fast. We'll go back to the other one in a second, but I feel like we would be doing a disservice to everybody if we did not go and show this real fast. There's the hairline. Uh, i got to remove the overlay. Too many things. There's the hairline. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there, but it's a, it's a tough look. It's a tough look. I I blame I blame the 49ers uh, front office and their management for taking years off of Trey Lance's life and his hairline. I think that's what happened. They they brought him through the ringer. They've been yanking him around. Let's get Trey Lance to Tennessee and um and revitalize his career and his hairline. That's sure. Nothing says a revitalized offensive career than playing for the Tennessee Titans. Honestly, I mean, he just, he needs a change of scenery. He needs to be somewhere he's loved. Spags. <laughs> Josh saying it's the Purdy effect. Like, Rock Purdy is stressing about so much that he's losing his hair and becoming George Costanza. Yeah, and it is, I mean, you know, putting Trey Lance right next to side-by-side -side with Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, that's that's a tough scene for anyone. I mean, no one should have to be compared to, uh, to Jimmy Garoppolo, but it definitely uh, definitely makes it tough. Yeah, so hopefully prayers prayers out for Trey Lance's hairline. Hopefully he, he figures that out. Prayers up for Spags' wide receiver room. 
Oh, I'm sad. So BSP took a guy that I was feeling had a shot to fall. Christian Watson would have made me feel pretty good about my receivers, but he's gone. Oh, interesting. So you're not excited to uh, stack up Jordan Love with Romeo Dobbs instead? Uh, I am a little bit less so. You know, maybe I'll take mm-hmm. one of the rookie tight ends instead and hope they get there. But uh, yeah, to me, like if you're getting Jordan Love and you're getting him without Christian Watson in a regular draft or a super flex draft, I feel like it's just kind of missing the point of that stack. Let's see here. What are you going to do, Piggy? (laughs) I'm going to take, I guess I'm going to take, no, you know what? Man, I like my containers a lot. Weird how none of these wide receivers are too attractive for selections right here, huh? That's why I'm taking, I like Terry McLaurin. I know what you're about. Take it. But the issue is like, I do like Miles Sanders quite a bit. And that's the hard part. I should have taken McLaurin and... Maybe Jamison Williams or Smith and Jigba. I guess Pittman too could be a Richardson stack. Jamison and uh, and Goff without, or sorry, Jamison and Amonra without Goff. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it wouldn't be my ideal, but I think Pat's article on Legendary Upside, again, mm. I don't mean to keep citing that, but I did read it yesterday, so it's pretty fresh in my brain. But he talked about the concept of like why it doesn't matter if you have like a stack without the QB sometimes and why it could still be a benefit add. And he explained it much better than I would try to do here. But it definitely sold me on the idea of like, yeah, I'll just take two pass catchers and like, you know, I'm capturing that passing offense and hopefully my other QB can then work with his stack to kind of give me double the upside. Yeah, I I, I do that a ton. Like I, I still break ties in favor of just like teammate correlation, running mm-hmm. back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, basically any kind of configuration. Um, because the, the whole re- the thing he's getting at and the stuff that Leone's stacking article showed is basically the more stacks you can have, in the tournament format, the better. So if you're going to do three quarterbacks, you want all three of those quarterbacks to be stacked. And then I think you can even push that concept even further, which is what Pat's talking about. And then you can get a fourth stack without the quarterback. You can get a fifth stack that doesn't have the quarterback. And you're basically making all of these concentrated bets on teams. And then that gives you more chances to capturing single week upside in the tournaments. And Vapor pointing it out too, and actually in Pat's uh, Best Ball Mania 3 lineup did have two Patriots receivers um, in his winner, uh, but no QB with that one. So uh, definitely proved it himself as well. But I think overall, just like it is something I do with game stacks sometimes, but I think being more open to team stacks because you're basically trying to do the same thing we talk about a lot with stacks is just cutting that parlay down. And if a team has an outlier year, like, you know, I don't mind having the Lions without Goff because what if they draft like Richardson or something and do something stupid like that? It's not crazy. Do something stupid, like draft your fifth-round pick? Well, I think with Goff, I don't think they should draft Richardson. I think, like, the Colts should draft Richardson, but, like, the Lions shouldn't. Uh, should I get back on my bullshit and take Kyle Pitts? <laughs> you can, look, should I just fucking play the hits? It's Guys, like he is top of the queue. Like, this isn't even a reach. I mean, uh, I got him four picks past ADP. It's just fully justified. See, it's like you were building. So like here with McCaffrey, with Cup, with Olave, with Smith, it's like you're building a beautiful ribeye steak and you just put your personal seasoning on it at the end. And it's yeah. just like your ground up feces of Trey Lance and Kyle. No, <laughs> everybody always comes into the steakhouse wanting the uh, the Pete ribeye there. And uh, we always give them that little uh, little Kyle Pitts seasoning, little Trey Lance garnish. <laughs> How's Kyle Pitts' hairline doing? I would like to know. <laughs> I mean, let's not look. Let's not look. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is just a full Hulk Hogan horseshoe. <laughs> um, all right. We but look at this. The, the the thesis of the Kyle Pitts selection was to stack him up with Devin uh Desmond Ritter. Uh it sounds like you're gonna be lost with Desmond this year. <laughs> God, it's all been downhill since the staffer or since the cup and CMC joke. All uh, downhill. I, 
Did you briefly have a little panic attack? Not panic attack, but like when I saw the alert about um the Falcons trading, the way ESPN word it was like, oh, Falcons trading for uh, Jeff Okuda, the number three pick. And I was like, wait, are the Falcons trading for the three pick and like taking Richard? Like it threw blew my mind for one minute before reading comprehension kicked in. I didn't even I didn't even uh, see that. I missed it. So I, my life went on blissfully unaware. And uh, I'm glad that you were the one that got the panic attack and not me. Uh, speaking of panic attacks, uh, Odell Beckham going pretty early. And it was something I did want to talk about. I was thinking about putting it in the headline. Are you not supportive of that? Because it is a no. really big contract for a guy that seems incongruent with the market. Um, Wait, he hasn't gone off in this draft, right? No, but he did go like, in the hundred in the draft this morning. So I think we're going to see him. I think we're going to see him go soonish, but this is a pretty sharp room. So maybe not. I, I think his ADP is just, compl- I thought his ADP pre signing was absolutely absurd. Um, and I think it's probably even more absurd. Uh, now I, I do not get it whatsoever. Like if he was a 17th or 18th round pick, I'd be like, fine, whatever, knock yourself out. But he's going to be going in what, like the 10th and 11th round of like standard drafts. Yeah. I think it's nuts. I, I mean, I could see the upside because they gave him $13 million and they're going to be incentivized to feed him the ball because they paid him so much money. Yeah, I just don't even think it like works like that. I feel like they missed out on getting other wide receivers in free agency, and they're just like, all right, we'll just throw the bag because we've made these promises to Lamar that we'll get him more weapons or we'll finally devote some capital. It's like, yeah, you spent money, but you didn't spend it wisely. This is a guy, he was averaging like 38 yards per game for the Rams. That was the last time we saw him. It's his second ACL tear. Hasn't played a game of football since early 2022. You're going to have Rashad Bateman back fully healthy. Mark Andrews is still the alpha there. Isaiah likely is a better target earner than Odell at this stage of his career. They're probably going to draft someone too. You're looking at the fourth or fifth option on a run-heavy team, and we don't even know who the fucking quarterback is going to be. We just did this with Julio Jones last year. We screamed up chasing him into the 12th round of drafts, and he had a much better quarterback in pass-friendly situation than Odell is, and he absolutely flopped. I do not get it with Odell. Yeah, that's fair. And MJ pointing out, I guess, a recent history one. Uh, Alan Robson got paid by the Rams. It was a ghost. Uh, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Okay, so I'm on the clock here. Here's an issue for you, Pete. I think the best receiver on the board currently is George Pickens. Uh, so I'm going to take You're not going to stack up uh, Terry McLaurin with Sam Howell? You don't want to just keep uh, making suboptimal quarterback bets? Well, no, because I'm a Jacoby Brissett guy, and I think we both know that. I now have three receivers Here's the issue. You know, if I were to grade these receivers out, Pete, I think Deontay Johnson looks <laughs> pretty good. Um, but I'm going to load myself up at running back a little bit more and take Tyler Algier because I cannot resist Tyler Algier ever. I I do. I think we've had this conversation before. I like Tyler Algier a lot, but I do think the Falcons are ripe for drafting a running back um, egregiously early. I think that's still fair. I'm willing to take the risk that they don't do that. Or if they do, they take a guy later who's just not going to be quite as good as Algier. And I just look at the advanced metrics. Cause again, I stumped for Algier in the, you know, in the off season, all that stuff. And I think there was a bit of a risk then obviously him being a fifth round pick, but then the numbers I looked at him after the year was like, wow, he legitimately was better than every other running back in terms of missed tackle rates terms of the EPA in terms of the DVOA, all that stuff. So I'm still on board. I agree. There's some risk. Again, I just will say that I think he still gets 15 touches and, 15 touches is like bell cow 1A at this point or 1B at this point in the league. The problem is I think you can go through, there's like four running backs that would just be an absolute death blow to Algier if they drafted one in the first couple of rounds. And then there's like another bucket of like 
seven or eight running backs that would like force a timeshare and really cap his upside. So like my thought is if they take a running back in the first four rounds of the draft, um, it is going to really hurt his value. Like right now he's going what? He's like an eighth or ninth round in traditional big board. I think mm -hmm. he would fall to like a 13th or 14th round pick if they select a running back in the first four rounds. Yeah, I guess I just don't think they're gonna. I think they'll I think they'll take somebody cheap late later on, like who would be a guy like a Moe Raheem, who's like a big bodied guy that nobody talks about a lot, but is just kind of a pure uh plower because that's how they used Caleb Huntley last year. Uh, but you got Deontay Johnson, so I now I kind of wish I had taken him. <laughs> what is Fags? Is your entire thesis for this draft of just trying to inflict pain on me and make sure I don't get the completed stacks I want? You're just trying to muddy up my team so the chat doesn't vote for it, but in doing so, all you have done is muddy up your own team. That's a parable for life, Spags. I'm actually happy with the receivers I've gotten. And, you know, again, on Football Outsiders, the Spags rankings will be getting an update for tomorrow, along with a column of me talking about the guys I view as most undervalued. And um, I do have Miles Sanders, McLaurin, Pickens, Algier. Those are all guys who are like my EPA all-stars. Like these are guys that are top of the top of the heat for, you know, the draft position and just overall performance. So I'm actually happy with the guys I've gotten. And if I take Deontay Johnson, he wouldn't have fit that criteria, Pete. Um, yeah. Can you feed your family with EPA all-stars? That's the question I want to ask, Spags. Estimated potatoes added. <laughs> Um, what's, what's the new deal with like Joe Mixon now? I saw the stuff where like the case is now being, uh, brought back into, into light here and there's more suspension risk than there was a week ago. Is that the, uh, the conversation there? Wait, did you say Kamara? No, Joe Mixon. Oh, I, I still think Mixon gets cut by the Bengals either way. Um, I'm just going to clackety clack Javante Williams here. Yeah, I would prefer Javante. I think Mixon, I, like, the money doesn't make sense for them to pay him that because they need to pay so many other guys and extend Burrow and, like, all that. So I would go Williams, but, I mean, Mixon could land somewhere else, I guess, but it's just those roles are drying up. Like, I know Zeke is not Mixon, and he's probably still a good amount worse than Mixon, but he's still kind of that same tier of running back, and he's not going anywhere. Well, the thing the thing with Mixon is I, I honestly thought he was a pretty good value up until a week ago. But then, yeah, the update was Bengals running back Joe Mixon has been recharged with aggregated menacing by the Cincy, by the city of Cincinnati two months after the charge was dismissed. They've resubmitted the misdemeanor. Um, so I think that is going to make things a little more dicey. And now his ADP feels more justified as where before I was like, man, there's a lot of upside here uh, if this case isn't uh, ever going to come to light. Yeah, I just thought for me it was like – it's not even about the case. I think he just makes too much money on the contract for the Bengals to keep him. But obviously, you know, he can go somewhere else that wants to have a bell cow or you honestly probably be taking a cheaper deal at this point trying to earn his job because, like, guys like Kareem Hunt have still not signed. And, and you know, there's not a lot of roles out there for running backs, which was one of my theories, Pete, which is starting to bear out so far in free agency. Yeah. What do you make of the Kareem Hunt stuff? He He's definitely starting to fall like a rock. There was a report from some Cleveland beat reporter too how, like, the team is just done with him um right now it's why i've been selecting a lot of jerome ford but i think most people expected that but is is he going to have a role on on a team next year or is he just cooked i think it's just you start to view these guys as like latavius murray has been the last few years and it's like if they don't yeah. land a team in you know before let's say june you know the post june one cuts they're probably just waiting for a job for a you know, starting running back to go down and i think that's where they still have a chance to be useful come playoffs but i don't think hunt finds a job before camp um, I don't think Zeke does either. Um, if Mixon gets cut, I don't think he does. Like, I think those guys end up just waiting around a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, we're on the clock here, though. I'm on the clock. And again, another receiver I love, another EPA all-star, Michael Thomas. Come on down. Take the risk on the older Michael Thomas. 
disgusting. Uh, I got one more pick here. Um, boy, what a what a treat to have two picks in a row. Uh, hmm. No natural stacks. Gosh, maybe Quentin Johnson gets drafted by the Packers. Let's do it. Are you are you Johnston over Addison? I, I've always been Johnston over Addison. Yeah, really. Yeah. To me, I think based on everything we're hearing now too, with like. I think Addison is a candidate to go a little higher than expected. I think Johnson's a candidate to be a little bit of a faller based on just like what I'm seeing in like the mock draft stuff and just digging into his profile a little more. I get the upside case with Quentin Johnston, but he, I don't know. I feel like Addison has similar ceiling and a higher floor. I just love the fact that he generates a lot of missed tackles, which are one of those stats that tend to be sticky between college and the pros. So you could do that. He's also the biggest receiver in the class besides a few guys that are going to have much lower draft capital. I'm willing to say that he might be a second round pick, which I don't love. It'd be definitely nice if he snuck into the first round, but I think you just can't replicate, you know, six, three, maybe a little bit under that. And like a guy who can still go up and get some balls, even though I know people have kind of nickel and dime just contested catches like Addison's a good route runner, but he's not fast and he's not great on that front. Um, I'd tell it's like Smith and Jigba for sure over both guys. But I think Johnson to me, just you want size. Like you want guys who are going to be big and play big. Yeah, but I actually think that that meta has changed a little bit. You know, we used to have, it was like the Des Bryant's, Demarius Thomas's, obviously the, the Julio Jones, all those prototypical big-bodied guys. I mean, the Quentin Johnson comps, I know in Dwayne McFarland's model, has Mike Williams as a high-end comp. I think it was like an 88th percentile. And then like Cortland Sutton is more of a mid-range comp. Sutton's probably a good comp if he slips into the second round, I think. And that's that's not bad. Like Sutton has had some high-end seasons. But I do think Addison has a chance to be more of like a Garrett Wilson-like impact right out of the gate as a consistent target earner. And just the fact that he's earned targets at such a early age uh, in college just bodes really well for him. No, I get it. I mean, I think that, I mean, target per route run, Johnson hasn't beat 31.4% to 28%. And this is just Addison's USC numbers, so keep that in mind. Uh, his pit number is a little bit better. I just can't get away from a 38% avoided tackle rate for Quentin Johnson compared to 8.5% for Addison. Like, that's the one that really stands out to me. And I know, like, you, you might not buy into this as much for a receiver, but, like, being able to evade one or two guys and doing that against real competition, like TCU played some legit teams, had some outlier days when they really mattered. I think that's where I'm seeing it, and I'm hoping Johnston lands somewhere that's going to use him the right way. But I just think that one thing that he can do really well, like Addison doesn't have any one thing he does really well, and I think Johnston does. And he's also uh, again, he's, well, and he's huge too. Well, here's the thing: I had to take Addison after this. You know, this is Spags <laughs> versus Pete. It's Johnson versus Addison, and also Spags. Can we at least come together on this and say it is absolutely egregious to take Odell Beckham over Jordan Addison? I like Spags, Odell if you don't agree with that take you are off the reservation i think odell getting that much money matters and i think the new offensive coordinator matters so that's why i tend to think odell's a little bit undervalued i would take him over elijah Moore for sure you're sick you're absolutely sick all right i'm gonna do a big no-no here i am going to take two running backs from the same team um I think there's like a tear gap from like Eli Mitchell into this next like super long uh, tier of running backs. And I'm already making a bet on the Niners. And I actually think both of them will have like Eli Mitchell will have standalone value. I don't think he's just like a true handcuff there. So that's Peter coping, justifying what is otherwise a major no-no in the best ball streets. It is funny how you make these bits up like handcucking and you drill them into the ground. And then the next day you're like, yeah, well, here's why it doesn't matter that much when I'm doing it. <laughs> Exactly. Do as I say, not as I do. 
Uh, speaking of, well, actually, you know what? We do this as well, but you guys should subscribe to the channel. Of course, hit the like button down below. Leave a comment if you're watching after the fact. If you're watching live right now, we do these streams usually every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, Friday will be coming up about 12 p.m., I believe, but you know, just subscribe. You'll know. But either way, we are doing these drafts a bunch here because fantasy football goes on all year long for us. The prep work, all of that. So get a head start even if you're not drafting alongside of us on Underdog. And if you are drafting alongside of us, use the promo code SPLASH. Double your deposit up to $100 on there. There we go. See, high engagement point in the stream, Pete. So that's when you whore it out. Do you really have a? You really have a little note that says at the thirty-two minute mark, this is a high engagement point in the stream. Well, no, it's usually like I try to do it like twenty twenty-five ish because that's when our average viewership is. But I just did it. You know, we had a. Lot. How many people do we have watching right now? Uh, we're at ninety-four, but we were at like one hundred five a little bit ago. So that Whoa. was high for the channel. Yeah. Wow. Look at this. Spags versus Pete. I mean, the amount of people that come out to watch you draft a shitty inferior team is <laughs> mind boggling. I mean, look, we've built a brand here. I think people like the versus draft. So we appreciate you guys hanging out this forum because I've been seeing the like, the like number uh, go up on these videos. So hopefully you guys are having fun watching us shit on each other as we go. Um, I am on the clock again. I have a three, three, five. Oh, I do need running backs at some point. But I, I keep getting good receiver value, Pete. <laughs> Can't help it. I got to take Juju. Um, do you have, I mean, I, I was forced into Juju on Monday because I had Mac Jones as uh, my quarterback. I'm trying to figure out your justification for taking a shitty wide receiver. I mean, who else do the Patriots have right now would be what I would push back to. And I don't think they're going to take JSN given that he literally does the same thing Juju does and is only good at. I just reject you trying to victory lap Juju as a huge ADP uh, faller going five picks after ADP. He's not an ADP faller. He's just the guy that I think performed well relative to Patrick Mahomes throwing in the ball last year. And if it went that well with Patrick Mahomes, how could it not go well with Mac Jones? What odds will you give me on Tyquan Thornton outscoring Juju Smith-Schuster this year? It's the Patriots. This feels like a classic Spags bet. We got Willis, the accountant, in the chat. What are we going to do, Spags? Uh, well, I mean, I feel like it's 70, 30 that Juju would outscore him or would have like more fantasy points we're saying on the air. Yeah. So, I don't know. So whatever a 70, 30 odd would look like, I guess like minus one eighty, one minus 200. So you like two to one, you'll give me two to one on it. I guess I'm not, I'm, I don't want to do a hundred dollar pay. I don't want this bet that much. Yeah. <laughs> not, I mean, I just, book. you either take the L on an egregious selection or make the bet. Uh, I don't think it's an egregious selection. I think it's fair. See, Again, last year, Juju, a 0. 0.360 EPA per target. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, Love Star says three to one. I'll give it to you at two to one. My 50 to your uh, 100. I don't like taking minus money bets like that, though. Like, I don't well, do that. I don't like, I don't like you taking shitty picks and trying to justify it as a victory lap. Okay. Well, I think what I would say is if you had a book out there that was offering that at a profitable <laughs> line, I would take it. Unfortunately, this is not a profitable line, so I will not take, I will eschew that bet at this chat time. roast this man at the spit for trying to victory lap this and then weaseling out of a very fair bet. Dustin pointing out, I'm just playing to my base here. Go USC fans. going to be a big year. Caleb Williams, Cliff Kingsbury's on the staff now, Pete. So I'm just supporting the boys. That was a very convincing go USC as you throw up the scare quotes as you said it. No, go, no, that's the fight on sign. A woo, a woo, <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, come on, don't make me do the whole thing. I know it. You're disgusting. Despite all the alcohol that was consumed during the fight song in college, I remember it near and dearly and all the things we would yell, um, including one chant that was quite the mouthful. But speaking of, you're on the clock, Pete. Who are we picking? 
Um, it's I'm picking Izzy, who's a crazy ADP riser. Like in my slow drafts in the big board, which are still going, his ADP is still really late. But because he's gotten so much steam uh, now in the big board, he is going ahead of A-Chain, Spears, Roshan, and that's not the case in the first one. But um, I've been hammering him in this range and uh i need running backs you know after my uh handcucking javante williams might not play for the start of the season so got to keep loading up here i i like that you have a nick here he's already izzy to you like you're you're oh, that yeah. close to them. <laughs> okay i mean i don't think i'm, I'm allowed to say israel <laughs> i think you're allowed to only in certain sentences though okay <laughs> never like that damn and then you can't do that uh, if, if anyone's in this chat um, or is drafting and in the chat, someone take Romeo Dobbs. So Spags gets uh, snaked on all of his uh, Green Bay stacks. Just wanted to highlight that. Um, I do like, like being John Wick in this stream. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't look. I don't need Dobbs. Jordan Love runs the ball. All these guys run the ball, Pete. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I need tight ends really is what I need. I'm, I'm definitely skimming the rookie pile once again. Mm. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, I think you can galaxy brain. I feel, I feel like the Packers are very likely to take a tight end in this draft. Um, yeah, here you go. Dustin on over under two and a half rookie tight ends on Spags' team. I think if you take two, you'll have like a 50% chance of hitting a Jordan love stack. And uh, I'm not saying Pete clutching pearls. What, what are you, what are you clutching pearls over Pete? <laughs> Just how much I look like CMC, who just got engaged to <laughs> Olivia Culpo. Yeah, so that's a tough loss. You hate being compared to these these handsome, muscular, professional athlete white men. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. How dare you? Did Spags join a dojo? Hence the new hair. So this is my hair every day. I just usually wear a hat. People don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's an old school Spags comment. It's like because sometimes when you used to have it down and like you turn to the side or didn't you have it in a ponytail and people would notice you had it in a ponytail or something they'd be like Whoa, yeah like i usually push it back so just yeah but yeah that's yeah if i'm wearing a hat it looks like it's too much but yeah I, I've, I've had long hair for like three years so i is that are you are you committed to that like long term do you think or do you do you see yourself having a new hairstyle eventually uh i'm committed to it for the near term because i'd like luca to have a little baby man bun at some point the issue is he's as bald as fuck like he's now a year old and that hair is just not coming in so hopefully at some point it will but i think it'd be cute if we both had man buns and then i'll, I'll evaluate from there it's crazy how that works i saw um you know peter jennings just had their uh second kid the other day and the kid already has like a full head of hair like a thick full head of hair i'm like holy cow that baby's like two weeks old and uh already uh rocking a nice I said, yeah, I came out with like full black hair too. So, but he looks exactly like me besides the fact that he's a little bald boy. Um, unfortunately nobody's, or I guess, fortunately nobody's been sued into his pants or damn it. Nobody's been sewn into his pants. I've been watching so much. I think you should leave Pete. I've been getting ready. New, new season coming out next month. Can't wait. You really peaked in round one to this draft. <sighs> My team is sick though. I think people will really respect it. Come the end of this draft. Um, <laughs> Don't hold your breath, buddy. We're on the clock. And you know what? I love running backs. Oh, you know what? I got two picks. So I, I gotta be I could do this. You do have two picks, win. bags. That's kind of how it works when you're on the turn. <laughs> I got I like Jalen Warren. I think he's a great running back to have as part of a you know a build, an anchor RB kind of build like I have. And then I feel like I have to play one potential target with uh one of my QBs, and that would be Alec Pierce with rookie. Anthony Richardson. <laughs> wow, that's a huge leap. You're just locking in Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Well, you're not allowed to add Alec Pierce to your harem of lookalikes that you're building. 
Wow. I, I, this is, it's vaguely, I think it is vaguely racist that you just say literally any white guy looks like me. Yeah. Are there yeah. any white players that you would say aren't joining my harem of doppelgangers? Well, it'd be anybody who's like a brunette. <laughs> oh, Spags. I, I, I can't roast you too much for the Alec Pierce Galaxy brand because I do think he's a good pick, uh, dot, 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 in a vacuum there. Um, mm -hmm. But you trying to spin it that he's for sure going to be stacked with Anthony Richardson is pretty precious. And even assuming that Richardson would be able to get him the ball, if so, is even more precious. The one thing that Anthony Richardson can do is throw the ball deep. He can't throw it within 10 yards, but he can throw it 30 plus yards. So that's mm. where it gets fun for Alec Pierce, who again, I will plant the flag, the white AJ Brown. Oh, God. <laughs> this show is just <laughs> off the rails. The white AJ Brown. That was like what we used to, we used to say, I think it was back in the Jeff Janis days. In Jeff Janis, I think one of his top comparables on Rotoviz was Julio Jones because he was like the same size. He was like 6'3", 220, similar speed. And uh, I forget if people called Jeff Janis the white Julio Jones, but uh, spoiler alert, that comparison didn't age that gracefully. <laughs> yeah, saw Vanilla Fix, but getting some blowback as well for uh, Daniel Jones. People don't like that one. And you're going Cordero Patterson. You're levering against Tyler Algier, huh? No, it has nothing to do with your shitty pick. Um, I have a Falcons bet here. And uh, someone was mentioning, is, is Cordero Patterson dead? Um, I think at these prices, um, he's pretty, a pretty nice flyer. I think he still has a chance to, you know, have a couple big spike weeks with his gadget usage and whatnot, but similar to your bet spags, I, you, we got to avoid a bell cow back getting drafted there. All right. Well, you got another pick here. Cause I, apparently that's how drafts work. You just keep picking. So <laughs> what are you going to do on this one? It is how this works. Um, let's see. Is there any other feel like i can sit on i don't love the tight ends here let's just grab another rookie running back sean tucker oh sean tucker i man i started to take some sean tucker just because he falls so much in drafts even though i feel the same way as adps do about him where i just don't think he was that good in college um football outsiders had an article today though uh from one of our data guys who's like a contractor uh, which uh who's doing some doing some articles uh despite that and uh he was writing about how like basically the thing that has historically connected the most with these various running backs succeeding is like their ability to gain a lot of touches early. And I guess Sean Tucker, Chase Brown fit that criteria a little better than guys like Zach Charbonnet. I don't agree with it, but I did think it was kind of an interesting thing. Like if we're wrong about Tucker, he has been a, a pretty big touch earner in college. It's just like he played at Syracuse and I don't hold that in the highest esteem. So you're, you're docking, you're docking him for playing at Syracuse, but you're not docking Quentin Johnson for playing at wide receiver bust university. <laughs> well, I think that's more of like a results reflecting on the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, like go. USC turned out terrible receivers for when I was in college, like Mike Williams. I loved, he sucked. Um, there was a couple others that preceded that as well. That were also Mike Williams Jarrett. had, didn't Mike Williams finish as a wide, re uh, a wide receiver to his rookie year for the Bucks? Didn't he have double digit touchdowns? Different Mike Williams. Then which Mike Williams are you talking about? USC Mike Williams, big Mike Williams. Who oh, ended up getting okay. fat for the league and was drafted by the Lions. Right. Yeah. Okay. So point being, USC went from being the team that was reviled for their receivers to now they're churning out hit after hit and obviously, you know, coaching regimes and whatever. Point being, though, I wouldn't hold TCU receivers' lack of success against Quentin Johnson. I would hold maybe Tennessee receivers against, like, you know, Hyatt and, and Tillman because that offense is pretty gimmicky. But, like, TCU is just a pro-style kind of run-and-shoot offense. I don't know. I get huge bus vibes from Johnston. I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope you're wrong too, because I think he's I think he's just a, a guy who can do singular things that nobody else in this class could do because they're all a bunch of little elfin guys running around out there in the slot. <laughs> wow. Here comes the size queen over here. Well, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like, you know, WWE, like they have the big wrestlers and AEW's got the small wrestlers. And like WWE makes a lot more money because people want to see the big guys, Pete. They want to see the home runs. <laughs> What was that voice? The big guy. <laughs> you want to see them? Oh, Dalton. Fucking. This is Nolan from Stochastic 2 taking my boy Dalton Kincaid, making it thinner for me <laughs> at tight wow. end. Um, Do I wait now? There's really no running backs left either. Jesus. Hmm. I'll take as. No, you know what? I'll take Hayden Hurst. Because maybe Anthony Richardson goes to the Colts, Pete. I don't know. Oh, so now he's not throwing to the it's white the Julio Jones. Okay, yeah. he's throwing. He's throwing to uh, Hayden Hurst now. I got it. Yeah, I get two outs that way. Uh, yeah, and then who else? And then maybe he is on the Colts, and in which case <laughs> he throws to Jelani Woods. Uh, you know how they say draft like you're right. You're drafting like you're right in 19 different multiverses. <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's fair. You know, you can talk yourself in any pick, Pete. And when Dalton Kincaid goes one pick before, and you really think he's going to be a great player for the Packers or somebody in the mid-first round, uh, you got to do what you got to do. Wow. I mean, the amount of goalposts that are moving uh, today, you'd think Spags works in the CFL. Uh, that's a pretty good joke. Uh, Spags, you're, you're just having a disaster of a draft, and there will always be next time. You know, it, it happens. I don't think it's a disaster. I feel pretty good about the team. I think it worked out a lot better than it looked initially, but you guys will get to vote in a mere three rounds, so you can tell me then. I do need to cull the wrestling fans of the YouTube chat, by the way. I do like AEW, to be clear, but you know, the guys are like 5'8". It is what it is. I want big, hunky muscle men. Sorry. Sometimes I want Somebody a click that. Somebody click that. I want big, hunky. It, please do him talking about Quentin Johnson and then splice it in saying, I want big, hunky muscle men. I mean, look, Quentin Johnston, hard to argue that. Cedric Tillman, you like him? He's a big guy. Yeah, their their prices are much different. And you're not taking uh, him over Jordan Addison. You can't argue size, Pete, at the end of the day. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be rude to the, to the short guys out there trying okay, to make Okay, hang on. NFL. If you're going to sidestep my Juju Taekwon Thornton bet, will you give me, can we do an Addison versus Johnston fantasy points year one bet for 100? Yeah, with no with no vig on it. No vig. No, no, no. Straight up. Straight okay. Up. Yeah. Done. Yeah, which way? Yeah, all right, yeah. Willis, lock it up. Uh, there we go. I gotta reach all the way. I gotta reach across the aisle here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. Look, I think Johnston makes a lot of sense. It's gonna suck though when he goes. To, I don't even know. Like, who would be a slog team? He goes to Chicago, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you and get a. I don't know. Get Addison on Seattle somewhere fun like that. Spags, who are you going to end up stacking Josh Allen with? Are you just going to raw dog your one, number one overall pick? Again, I think he's got rushing upside at the end of the day. <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> oh, man. I, should I just take Khalil Shakur just to uh, just stick it to Spags? It seems fun. I took Deontay Hardy in a separate draft this morning, so now those two drafts correlate. The, yeah, this Spags oh – God, you did this all last year, like correlating across drafts you're doing at the same time. It's some of the most bullshit I've ever heard. Um, we're going to take Marvin Mims, though. All right. I like I, I like Marvin Mims. <laughs> Jim is angry at me. To be clear, I don't think I ruined a Josh Allen. I feel pretty – Vaporware just gave you the burning money emoji string. 
I mean, oh people just can't handle. Sorry, I'm not drafting your binary world. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I exist on a different part of the drafting spectrum than you, and I choose to do something a little bit differently sometimes when I'm drafting on a stream, guys. Oh no, I didn't stack off my QBs. No. Oh no, what am I going to do? It's they a big board. Hang on, Spags. This is what I will say. Uh, first of all, I'm going to take Khalil Shakur. Um, you should have taken him. Um, I can't name this. Spags, I actually think you're a good drafter when you aren't in your head about other factors. I think this versus element has poisoned your brain and ruined all of your sound draft drafting principles. Because I saw a lot of your teams last year. I thought you were drafting really well. But I do really think you're on tilt right now and you're worrying about my team more than you're worrying about yours. And, and frankly, the product shows. I think the, the part to me too is for the big board, especially I'm not as slavish to stacks. Whereas like with big, with best board media and all that I am like you, you saw last year, like I stack up, I game stack everything. I try to make it kind of fit together and fit the, the Marie Kondo kind of approach for things. But for the big board, I think it's just raw talent and trying to take advantage of where I think I'm right. And other people are wrong. Um, like I had 50% Dalton Kincaid in the first big board. So I, did, I'm just drafting. Did, I'm just drafting. Yeah, I'm just. Did I draft. miss? Did I miss Marie Kondo putting out a structural draft uh, article? Uh, <laughs> will you pass that along to me? If this pick gives you joy, select it. Yeah, yeah. She. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't see her pit. It's only on Ian's days of the Fantasy Life newsletter. Yeah, yeah. She's, got, <laughs> she's got a whole banner and everything. Yeah, I did see her video. Week one through seventeen is all that matters. <laughs> Meek 1 through 17 just have to spark joy at the end of the day. And uh, yeah. this team sparks joy for me. I got a lot of players I like, even if the construction, maybe some people don't like it as much. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. How are you going to recover, Spags? I mean, you are running out of time to win the people over with this abomination that you call a super flex draft. The, the thing is, at the end of the day, I'll win the people over come January 2024 when they see this big board team cashing 100000 and me holding an oversized check that I printed myself just to establish it. Because I mark all these drafts, so I'll know. I will I'll just know. say that. We've seen some epic victory laps in our time of people who won tournaments. Um, you guys do not want to see the world where Spags binks one of these tournaments. I mean, the amount of videos and thumbnails and press tours this guy's going to go on. I think Liam's already doing it more than I ever would. <laughs> Liam, I feel like Liam has entered a different phase now. He's, well, no, you're right. Because it, it did it did start back up again because he had a big year on DraftKings. So he is just kind of running the victory lap playbook again. So I'm going to note here, I'm putting in the queue so everybody can see. Look, oh, Josh Allen's going to throw him a ball or two throughout the year. Oh, I hope all the stack, stack Nazis out there are happy. You can all... <laughs> Get off my case. I stacked them up. Uh, actually, GA makes a good point. Spags wouldn't hold a candle to Davis uh, if Davis won one of these tournaments. Uh, Davis would would go on an epic spree. Um, Spags, I, are, are you just making fun of yourself for capitulating to the logic of stacking your first-round pick? Is that what just occurred? No, I was, just, I was just trying to dunk. Just trying to dunk on everybody who wants a stack so bad. Great. We got Deontay Hardy. Because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, Pete, stacking matters, sure. But does it really matter? Yeah, that's that's my new article on football. I love, I love how you started. I love how you started this uh, show talking about Karain's stacking article, which was piggybacking off of Leone's article, which definitively showed that stacking is not only optimal, but massively increases your playoff win equity. And now you've doing, ooh, the stack Nazis. I mean, God. I'd like to say you contain multitudes, but the truth is you're on rabbit tilt. I'm in your head, and I'm drafting a better team than you. 
I think at the end of the day, only one of us can claim to be a best ball mania three finalist, Pete. <laughs> Jesus. I put it on my resume. It's under the byline and everything. Um, well, a lot of people forget that I was a finalist in uh, the Pomeranian too. And um, that has to count for something. I also think too, like I hate super flex drafts to even try to stack. Like I know obviously you should, it just is like impossible unless you line up the right QBs and like, I don't know. I just didn't feel great trying to stack it. So I'm not going to force it. You know, then Deontay Hardy, we can all agree was a great stack partner. Um, I will admit uh, this room went tight end uh, crazy here. I'm a, uh... I'm at the bottom of the barrel here. Good thing I have tight end one Kyle Pitts on my team, anchor tight end strategy. But I will take uh, Sam Laporta potty here uh, to round it Ooh. out. It's a fine rookie. He's not quite the tier of Darnell Washington, but you know, but in terms of that second tier, he looks pretty good. Another high avoided tackle rate guy, Pete, if you want to feel good about him and Quentin Johnston. I think I'm going to do a three tight end build. Pitts, Love Laporta. It. Hmm. Man, these are really gross names though. Really gross names. Musgrave? Yeah. Because he, he's probably going to have the draft capital. He's just not as exciting as those other guys. I mean, in terms of how he plays, he's the most exciting because he's like a pure deep ball catcher. But I yeah, but he's also like a big-bodied guy who's who tested well athletically. So. Um, All right, I have zero tight ends. Kyle Pitts, Sam Laporta, and Luke Musgrave. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good rookie room. You know, I, again, my rookie running back or rookie tight ends here is for everybody who hasn't been following along here. So like Dalton Cades, the apex predator, Michael Mayer is also going to be good because he's going to be a good run blocker. who will play from day one. But if you want to take value tight ends, Washington, Laporta, Musgrave, and Tyler Kraft to me, I think is a little bit too far down, but or Tucker Kraft, whatever his name is. But, yeah. uh, Monty says Austin Hooker. I assume he means Austin Hooper who went at pick 208. And that's what I'm saying. When Austin Hooper is going off the board at pick 208, uh, the room is drunk on their tight ends and I'm stuck with Luke Musgrave. Or maybe Monty just meant to search Google. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I did not draft tight ends by drafting tight ends. A book by Peter Oversett. <sighs> anyway, I think these are some good teams. We'll give you guys a chance to vote here in a moment, of course. Um, you know, I, I hope people bring their unbiased thinking caps to the vote in the YouTube chat coming up. Uh, but I will make my last pick because I don't think you could judge a team, Pete, until it's got that last little bow on top. Okay, I can't wait to see what little bow you're going to wrap on this. Uh, here's a bow that I think would benefit everybody here. Why don't you guys hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, do all that down below. Splash play again. We'll be back on Friday doing a draft. Watch the playlist as well. I've been doing these drafts since uh, basically the second the season ended. So come hang out with us here. Check out some of the videos and watch some of the old videos. I... Pete, I don't know if this is a way to market a show. I think we have a good show to fall asleep to. Like, I think, put like put it on YouTube, doze off. Like, what? Because we get the views. YouTube keeps playing. That's how people okay. make a lot of money on YouTube. Bags, don't talk to our audience like they're four-year-olds, all right? Just ask them to leave it up on repeat if that's what you want to do. Please don't insult them like that. And trick them I, I into listening to us while we sleep. sleep to our dulcet tones. We have just enough banter. We start fast. Like a great, great thing. Don't you want to hear me and Pete in your dreams? Uh... <laughs> I, I actually am not going to recommend this. I feel like the listeners, if they are falling asleep and listening to you, the subliminal messages might turn them into super flex piggies. Just listening to Spags out repeat throughout the course of the night. I'm so excited to draft my last player so we can finally let the public decide, let the people decide at their voting box how this is going to go. Spags <laughs> is just on one today. I don't, I don't know.
maybe a little too much of a visit from the weed fan. You you had you had two good jokes in round one in round two. Actually, you had three good jokes. The the round one. Without greeting every stream for hang on, hang on. Let me get this. Spags had three good jokes. Round one, it was the CMC Cooper Cup Pete lookalike joke. Round twenty, it was the Austin Hooker joke, and then the third one was all the selections you made rounds two through nineteen. Oh, you're a real bastard. All right, let's read the teams here so people can decide once again as I, I fairly read through both sides who had the better team between me and Pete. You can vote one for Spags. You could vote two for Pete. Here's my team. At QB, Josh Allen, Jordan Love, Anthony Richardson. At running back, you get Bijan Robinson, Miles Sanders, Tyler Algier, Deonta Foreman, and Jalen Warren. At wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, Terry McLaurin, George Pickens, youthful players everywhere to aided by the veteran Michael Thomas, Quentin Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alec Pierce, Deontay Hardy, Terrace Marshall, and a tight end. You get Hayden Hurst, Jelani Woods, and Darnell Washington coming for you. Vote one for that team. And for Pete's team, you got Trey Lance at QB uh, with his hairline, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. Is he even going to have a job? At running back, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Javante Williams, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, Israel Abaniconda, Ty J. Spears, Cordero Patterson, and Sean Tucker. At wide receiver, you get Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Devonta Smith, and then Deontay Johnson, and then uh, Jordan Addison, then Marvin Mims, and uh, oh, Khalil Shakir. Not even stacked. And at tight end, you get Kyle Pitts, Sam Laporta, and Luke Musgrave. All right, well, what's the vote, guys? Up oh, one, voting one. Spags is it? Spags is experiencing the first ironic uh, series of votes here. None of these are sincere. Everyone feels sorry, and they all worry that you might have a public meltdown if they were to vote for real. <laughs> a little louder, please. I'm, I'm only seeing ones, Pete. I'm not seeing twos. So the chat is a lot, of, a lot of editorializing there. Maybe one of these days, old Pete should narrate the final picks and uh, see how that goes. I don't. I think at best this is a draw, but I do feel like ones are winning. Really? Because I just see a wave of twos coming yeah, in. Your paper, uh, we're spamming. Oh, sorry. Oh, yo, let, hey, Pete, let me gargle them for you. Here, here's a two, 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 two. But one. Wow. Big. Look at this. One, one. Spags wins. Spags is so lucky that I can't be in the chat pulling up all these chats. Spags wins. Showdown player of the year. <laughs> Back. Dude, at least make a new one that says like super flex drafter of the year. I mean, my God. One could argue it's funnier to not update it, I think. <laughs> Voter fight, right. Spags wins. All right, I'll take it. Pete, what, what do you have coming up? What's uh, I'll, I'll take this off for the final part here. What do you have coming up, Pete? What's going on in Overzet land? Um, you know what, Spags? I'm just glad you're having the time of your life. Um, excited for all your future articles. Uh, I think you should be writing more articles, honestly, Spags. Um, I'm doing uh, an AMA in the Fantasy Life Discord uh, in one minute here if you want to join me over there on the club. Uh, at 4.30, we are going to draft NBA best ball teams. We got the playoffs almost solidified with the play-in games kicking off tonight. We're going to draft. They have a $250 contest, and I know those have been a little harder to fill, but we're going to get a couple of those filled with the Badge Bros. And then, uh, yeah, Swolecast tomorrow, and then Ship Chasing tomorrow night. Leone's going to come on and talk about his stacking and ADP value research that he's been uh, producing. 
and I will be providing more of my special style of research to Football Outsiders tomorrow with a column just per Pete's request. The most undervalued players that I'm perceiving in 2020 drafts or 2023 drafts right now that'll be coming out tomorrow, along with an update to the SPAGs rankings. Go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and use the promo code SPAGs. It'll save you 10% on a membership on there. And uh, just go do that, please. Take advantage of the promo code, but just get in the mix. Read the SPAGs rankings. I think they are, if nothing else, they are lovingly compiled by me, obsessively talking about this. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow Follow Pete, follow Pete at Peter Roversette and follow this show at Splash Play Pod. Pete, any final words for you here as we go two, two, and one in our head-to-head drafts? And we do it again on Friday. Yeah, no, we're so I need Willis to start tabulating the actual results of this because I do not trust your accounting. Uh all right, I disagree. Either way, we'll talk more about it on Friday. See you guys then. Enjoy your weeks. Good luck. Yeah.